Once upon a time, two men decided if they were making the cut. Then they made the cut. And now JT and Aaron are talking everything from wrestling to pop culture and beyond. Because it's no holds barred. Will you back down, turn and run? Or stand up with the best? If you smell no holes, Bard is cooking. You have to stand your ground when someone's standing in your way. You have to be a stronger man each and every day. That's words to live by. I look at you and I see what you've been through, and that's all because of me. Brother, you know how to make me proud. You give me something to believe. Can I do the next verse? Please. I love to stick them. I'm gonna <laughs> fuck. <laughs> they I'm, I asked my. I swear there was a version. He said fuck him. There's a version. He, is it the same? Is it the same guy who sings that and the one? It is, right? Yeah, it has to be. They're like, this yeah. guy is so fucking good. We got to get him back to do the one because he just, then, he crushed it with. Do you think he retired because he never he knew he'd never make a better? No one has been more excited in their lives than that guy who said, yeah, at the end of yeah. the sex. Yeah. Do you ever watch, um, have you watched Ted Lasso? I've seen like part of season one. So the way that. I just the can't, I don't know. Starts, like it hasn't resonated with me. I know I get it. I'll probably go back to it at some point. Yeah. Get on it. It's awesome. But the way the theme song starts is yeah. And it's the same. <laughs> so much. You so think I that heard, it's um, from this? Obviously. Um, but I heard the guy from Mumford and Sons who wrote it on a talk show being like, well, you know, the only part everyone knows is, yeah, and then skip intro. He wrote this. <laughs> Mumford and Sons wrote Billy Gunn. Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Very good. So you learned something new every day. They started part. that early. Okay. Mm. All right. This is No Holds Part. We're here every Saturday, both audio and video. Videos on YouTube, of course, if you're watching high. Audio is on any podcast application. Just search North South Connection if you prefer to listen. But who wouldn't want to see us? That doesn't make sense. Plus, you get a cool graphic, courtesy our producer, Tim, not the Toolman Taylor, at the end of this episode. Um, we are here uh, soon, I guess, I, we could say every other week uh, with this project. Every week is no holds barred, but we're here twice a month doing our greatest world title change ever projects. So we were watching every yeah. WWE world title change ever. And we're ranking them in a series of categories, stacking them up, and we're going to determine what is the best based on our metrics. And Aaron... I want you to talk about our metrics because they're very different than most. We're not just judging yeah. by match quality. There's a lot of stuff that goes into this. Yeah, no, it's it's not a question. I mean, match quality is a thing, but we have five categories. Match quality, significance, the moment, build, and aftermath. We each give a score out of 10, uh, which gives us a nice round score out of 100. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah, it's brought us some surprising results because – Again, if you just base this on match quality, you know what's going to be up at the top. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be a very specific set of matches. But this way, looking at it more, I don't know, holistically, I guess, would be the way to look at it. Um, I think it gives us a nice round picture, and it's different. Uh, yeah. So if you hate us for the rankings, at least try to respect the fact that it's different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we could, you could sort our sheet by match quality. And you probably get a more standardized list, right? But we're really yeah. factoring in all those other things that, to us, go into what makes it a great title change. We're not saying it's a great match, right? We're saying the greatest no. title change of all time. So that, that well, has look, to factor sitting, in everything that goes with it. 
before today, currently sitting at number one is the screw job still, right? right? Yeah. And like, n- I don't think that's anywhere near the greatest match that we've talked about, right? Like, no, I don't probably, know. If be I, I don't want top ten. No, I don't think so. But it, yeah. but that that's just kind of irrelevant, right? Right. And it's funny with fandom, right? Like, I find too that like, you know, I like to do different things like this. But then when let's say I'm thinking about like, oh, Legend of Zelda games. When I tune into a YouTube show or something, and and like they put Ocarina of Time like 15th, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> right? So we all get hyped up, but I don't know. Sometimes it's fun to stretch and yeah. see where we I go. I dabble in shows like that. Dirty War every other Thursday, right? We have a funky system over there as well that's led to some interesting results for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and dive in. So tonight we're talking King of the Ring 2000. It is a Triple H is our champion. He uh, yep. won it back at Judgment Day on our last episode. We covered that, the Iron Man. He's teaming with his father-in-law and brother-in-law, Shane McMahon, and uh, Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon uh, to take on The Rock, The Kane, uh, The Kane, uh, The Kane, and The Undertaker, The King of the Ring. Um, you know, do, you f- do you feel, on paper, this is one of the most lopsided matches in paper history? And we'll pause there. Let's start the match, and you can answer me. So on the Peacock, we are at 217.05. And uh, Aaron on the Bulgaria network. 216.43 in the Netherlands. Rusev smash. All right, here we go. Three. Not in the Netherlands. Two. One. Play. Um, is this a very lopsided and, contest? In terms of like physical power? In ring, as wrestlers. Like, if you're a Triple yeah. H, you're really in the soup in this match, man. Like, yeah, your world titles on the match? line, and you get these clowns as your partners against The Rock, Kane, and The Undertaker? Yeah. It's like it's like if the Joker were to team up with I don't know like Shocker and the Green Goblin to fight Superman, Wonder Woman, and Thanos. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. It's you know it's like what are we doing? Um, I don't ungodly. Like, I meant to look a little bit more into the build of this, and we're not we're not watching any video packages here. But I'm guessing it was a scenario where Vince kind of made the match. I think because I know where the aftermath goes the next night. Um, yeah. So I think that was like a scenario maybe where they kind of talked themselves up into it and, and kind of forced Triple H to put his title on the line by running his mouth. Yeah, I mean, look, this is like an anti... Uh, at this point, Undertaker and Kane are very much an anti-internet team at this point. It's like I'm sure, I'm sure at the time people were angry that they were involved in this match in any way, shape, or form. But in the end, it's just all guys that Triple H and McMahon have pissed off, so it makes sense. The story absolutely makes sense, especially coming off Judgment Day. Um, and the Rock is so ungodly over. It really doesn't matter. But I think I think what didn't help is uh, how the rest of the pay-per-view went. <laughs> so well, Yeah, because you have the most, the best workers in the world in this tournament and don't use them. Yeah, we, I mean, we kind of, I guess I think it was in our Backlash uh, podcast, made a couple comments about 2000 being like a bad, I guess, I don't remember saying bad pay-per-view year, but um, I guess we made some comments about it not being, the best pay-per-view year it doesn't our, hold up compared to the tv it right was, well, I think, our buddy point. steve mccullough um hit us up and i'm trying to pull up the comments here so uh big fan of everything north south and ptv mm-hmm. so thank you steve he's been around forever kurt angle drinking milk backstage by the way watching this beautiful uh so if, of course he just won the crown uh you know, he said 2000 is not a great pay-per-view year, question mark. At least six of them are great, and only two are actively bad, and the rest are decent. So I wanted to kind of clarify that a little bit. Like, I think what we meant, at least what I meant in saying something like that, is that when you look relative to oh, yeah. the overall product, 
you expect it to be like an all-time classic year loaded with yeah, great pay-per-views. There's too yeah, many it's, misses it's not, when you look at their roster. Yeah, it's not that. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I wouldn't say it's garbage. I wouldn't say it sucks. I just wouldn't say it's great. And I right. think that's that's the important distinction. Because the TV like, look, and the stories are great. Royal Rumble, I remember being great. No way would I remember being great. Like that the Rumble doesn't... Not, when Marcus the and card I, is good at... The, I like the uh, card at the Rumble because I love the main event, the, the title match. I love and the, the tag match. match. And the ta- Taz yeah. is good. The China yeah. thing is a mess. Um, the Outlaws... May Young? That's stupid. The uh, Not the Outlaws. The... Um, the, the uh, yeah, Outlaws, right? Don't they have like a quick squash of the Acolytes? Like that sucked. The Thanks Rumble is not that great. You know, you and I talked Ooh. about it a bit on our old podcast. Marcus and I That's weren't, weren't fans. Um, so it's going to all start five-star match. But so it's it's yeah. a fine show with a couple of hot, with some hot moments. No Way Out, very good. Mania is one of the most disappointing Manias ever. Yeah. Backlash and Judgment Day are great. Like I'm, I'm all on there. This show is a fucking disaster. Yeah. Fully Loaded is is great. SummerSlam. I'm not high and fully loaded. Okay. SummerSlam? SummerSlam yeah. is pretty, not pretty, really. Yeah. Okay. You're really good. And then the back end not after good. SummerSlam is like middling. Mm. Yeah. I don't mind how we're getting. So I like the six way, but. Yeah. And look, all of them have good. Like, I mean, Survivor Series has the Rock and Rikishi that I love. Oh, there's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Angle winning the title I love. But it, it, you, it's what you said before. It's it just. With the roster they have, with how much TV's cooking, you're expecting like oh one, oh one is almost the opposite, right? Oh one, the pay per view, like every show is great. That's right? what you expect out of 2000. You yeah. you expect that red hot oh one run where like just yeah. everything's and and the crowd is in it in 2000. So you can't say like the crowds are just like this yeah. show is is an epitome of just overthinking it. Like look at the talent on your roster and and how do you end up with a final four? Of you know, Crash Holly, Rikishi, you know, like Val and and Angle, like that's your final four yeah. in a year with this stacked of a talent roster. Yeah. Now, is this the worst Undertaker look? The long yeah. leather vest. It's cool for like that night, <laughs> a Judgment Day when it came back. Um, yeah. But this is the look I equate with the worst of the Undertaker. Like, yeah, this is. You know, we've been talking about this kind of in our side conversations for a couple of weeks now, like the Internet vibes of 2000 and 99 and 2000 because you're watching yeah, WCW yeah. in that era. Um, and like how it doesn't always resonate with what you, when you rewatch it. But there was so much angst in that era of the old guard holding down the young guard and fat, sloppy biker taker is like the poster child of this era of doing that. Right. And yeah. you talked about fully loaded, not being a great show. And I know a big part of it is you're not into the iron, uh, not in, not into the last man standing. That's um, right. Yeah. But that show is held up a bit as like they had three young dudes in three prominent matches and none of them win. The Angle lost. gets completely squashed a month after winning King of the Ring. Um, Jericho loses to Triple H in a match that's at least close. And then yeah. Rock beats Benoit. Um, you know, I, look, I, if they just have Angle win, that yeah. we look at that show completely differently. Because that's the most egregious one. I do think there's a world where you pull the trigger on Benoit. Like, it may, it may, in real life, they should have. Um, because I would say that, <laughs> Don't use that you know, <laughs> the WrestleMania 20 match, is, it, that moment is great. But he's super hot and in his prime. Yeah. And you've already potatoed the title a ton. Rock is a guy that, we've talked about it, 
does not need the belt. So you can still, I would have had Benoit win a little help from Shane. And then you do triple H angle and rock Benoit rematch at SummerSlam. And if you want to have rock win Mm. it back, but you've made Benoit with that win. And now he's a world title guy out of the gate. Like he's already, and you can rub it in WCW's face, right? Like, look, we already did with this guy that you couldn't do instead. I think he never sniffs it again for a while. Well, in the end, I mean, I don't know about you, but Benoit's one of those guys that, I mean, <clears throat> forget all the other bullshit, but like to me, he doesn't resonate with me as a main event made guy, even though he kind of is based on where he won that title. And I, and I don't think, I think if you had asked me many years ago, I would have said, no, it's ridiculous to throw the title on him there because then it might hurt him later. But because his reputation and such did it like, because he went to the main event, then back down to the mid card after I don't think it would have mattered to give him the belt here. Like if ultimately we're getting there anyway, I don't see what harm would have been caused by, by doing it. Yeah. I just think you just, it's almost as more of the, the fact that you're going to use this guy like WCW did. And, and he may not go back yeah. to the card. Maybe, you know, they realize they have a little bit more in him. I know it doesn't resonate as much with you, but I think there was ever a time where he was legit and felt like a star. It's in this run in 2000 because yeah. It was a big deal when they got him. It was almost like the other dudes were an afterthought. They were just like, we want Ben. Yeah. And we'll take whoever it takes to get us there. And because he was, he was kind of accepted as the, like the best wrestler in the world at that point. Yeah. So by putting the belt on him, it's like, Oh fuck. Like, all right, this is like the home of the best wrestlers in the world. Like, you know, ECW had in North America, right. Let's put Japan, everything else aside, but in North America, right. ECW kind of had that claim for a bit, right. That we have the best wrestlers. WCW kind of had that claim a little bit in like maybe 97, 98 when they had like, you know, Malenko, Ultimo Dragon, Rey Mysterio, like, right. They had all those guys, Guerrero in 2000, they had them. Right. But I don't know. Benoit winning the belt to me almost like legitimizes it even more that this is a pure wrestling company now first, because they have the best athletes and their champions. Right. And angle wins it later in the year. So maybe Benoit keeps it for a month. Rock then pops it over to Angle. Now you're world champions for this year. Triple H, Rock, Benoit, and Angle. Like that's an awesome run of champions in a year that's focused yeah. on in-ring action. And Big Show. Yeah, for a week. <laughs> he started the year's champion. Um, like we should made, mention. I don't, I don't think president in 1980. <laughs> that's it, right? Uh, look, I know this is not TNA never dies, but like we didn't really talk about what this match actually is. No, uh, which I is know. Rock, uh, Kane, and Undertaker against Triple H. Vince and Shane, but why I wanted to bring it up is we've already seen the dissension where the faces have somebody beat and uh, they keep pulling each other off so that they can win the belt. Yeah, and I think that was, it's kind of coming back as we're talking about it, I think that was the why, like Vince said, oh, we should do this because they'll never get along, right? I think that was kind of the the talking point heading in. And we will because we're family or whatever. We're cohesive and you know we'll make sure we keep the belt in the family. Uh, What I don't recall, and I don't know if they've said it, if Shane or Vince won, were they going to become champion? Was it anyone who got the pin? I don't think so. I don't. It was think just if so. they win, Triple H retains, right? Yeah. Oh, I love Rock throwing Shane in the ring. <laughs> I love Rock showing throwing Shane around. That's one of those. You know, you got those things in wrestling that you love. That's for sure one of them. When he gets both lapels and tosses him somewhere, <laughs> it's a good. It's a good year. Shane getting thrown around. We saw the one where Jesse flicked him out of the ring as well at some. That's of right. Um, when his body just flops so awkwardly, like he, you know, he's not faking. <laughs> I mean, if there's an ever an error to do this shit, though, it's now like the crowd is, yeah, all in no matter what. 
I love Undertaker trying to run over while Rock's getting beat on the floor, but can't run. <laughs> but I mean, the vest has got to be tight, like everything, everything. And and I'm sure he's not fully healed. I mean, he was really fucked up when he left the '99. Like, I'm sure he's not 100. percent Like, well, yeah, yeah but he's, he tell. He's, he's a bit over. I don't think he gets better. I mean, really better until he cuts his hair. It's like overnight. He cuts it and yeah. then he's great at vengeance when he beats the shit out of RVD. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Even though, yeah. And I mean, think about that. He's beating RVD for the hardcore title and we're not mad. No. That's how good he is. Yeah. No, there's, um, yeah, this run is rough because that match sucks with Angle at uh, fully loaded. Then he's got the one at Survivor Series, which is not very good. No, um, then he's, but he's also got, he's got the match at Kane, which is terrible oh, at SummerSlam. Yeah, it's supposed to be a big and... show. They sent him to the fat farm. Right. So King goes in at the last minute. Yeah, that's not, not good. good and then, um, well, he, he almost turns the corner in early 01 because you get the fun stuff with Rikishi at Armageddon. Then you're, you're setting up for maybe having the Brothers of Destruction against um, the Islanders at Mania. But then you yeah, get yeah. Triple H Taker, which is very good at Mania. Um, yeah, that's good. Then you get that lull, though. Again, this is where the internet stuff comes into play. Everyone was angry, right, about Undertaker and Kane taking yeah. those title matches after Mania instead of Benoit Jericho. Yeah. But it did kind of make sense to have them there. Right. And then remember, you get all they... the chronic DDP shit. Yeah, and that, that doesn't help his case at all. No. Yeah. And it, it's weird because chronic is his friend. <laughs> like, yeah, like, wouldn't you want to help him? They completely bury them. It's, it's like... yeah. It's weird. And, and like, look, like, it's funny because as I'm watching WCW, like, you know, Brian Adams to me is not that interesting a worker, but as chronic, like it, it works. That whole act works really well. They were over, man. Like when they came, it was like, Oh, cool. Chronic's coming. Like they were really one of the most over acts in that dying days at WCW. Like they, and it wasn't no. even the weed part of it. It was just like these two. No, I mean, it just shows you when you build up big dudes as badasses, like, yeah. They clean them works. up a bit. They gave them the, the, yeah. the smooth hair. Yeah. It was basically their answer uh, to the APA, even though they also had the Harris's kind of doing the APA thing. But That's funny, eh? And it's crazy because if you think of all those guys, like, you'd probably pick Chronic. To come in? Like, I mean, like, if you compare, like, without knowing kind of where they would go or what they would do, but, like, Ron Simmons and Bradshaw versus – Brian Adams and Brian Clark, not fighting, but like if you had to right. pick two to make a team to build around with that, uh, that yeah, yeah, adage, yeah. you'd probably pick Clark and Adams. At that point, yeah. Uh, interesting dynamic in the match now where Rock is refusing to tag out, <laughs> which I like. Yeah. He's like, why am I going to risk my title getting, I mean, yeah. my title opportunity getting taken by you guys. That's right. It's hard to keep track since <laughs> switched it back and forth 15 times, but oh, Shane McMahon uh, punches. Shane my punches. favorite part of any Shane McMahon match or these, but I, these I like them better then because oh, they're almost played for comedy. Like, yeah. it's like, look at this doofus, you know what I mean? Like, versus 09 and later, where it's presented as he's like a prize pugilist MMA fighter and they're meant to be like real punches. Um, Great, I feel like, tracker. yeah, like I feel like this time it's more like, look at the idiot boss's son, you know, <laughs> yeah. trying to trying to punch with the rock, you know. Yeah, because when he was brought back in 2016, it was like, oh, here's a tough guy. Even 09, when he's doing those stupid punches against Orton. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you, well, yeah, think about it. In 20, was it 2018 when he was uh, the best wrestler in the world? Yes. Is that it? Oh, God, please. <laughs> that war, that war season just about broke me. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, I it's funny. We talked about these. Yeah, God. I was going to say, when I did the year that was for 2018, it took like three months to watch it all. Like, it was watching so these, watching these 2000 and pay-per-views and we're talking about like how they're disappointing. Oh. Those 1819s are up there because every yeah. card I'm like, oh, this should be good. Oh, this should be good. Oh, this should be good. And like every match just never is great. Like they all cap out and like three and a half. And it's, it's weird. Yeah. You just expect them to be better when you look at the, t- like an AJ Styles world title run with matches against Nakamura, Samoa Joe, like, like, don't, like, I, like you would have nutted in your pants. Like if you knew that was going to be the title run, that year yeah. going into it, like, oh, fuck, we're going to get an extended AJ Styles main event picture with Samoa Joe and Nakamura and, and um, Daniel Bryan, Rusev and Daniel Bryan and Brock Lesnar. Like, those are your world title matches. Yeah. yeah. And then they're all, but none of them are bad. <laughs> they're all just, it's funny because if you were to say like, you know, like, oh, it's a, it's a card full of three and a half star matches. You compare that to 99 where like, right. that doesn't exist at all. Right. Like, but I'd rather watch 99. Yeah, because nothing happens. Like, I struggled in those, not to keep referencing war, but I struggled in those categories to do, like, notable moments, which is a big, and a lot of those shows, like, are flat because there's nothing happens. You can go shows at a time and nothing is happening. It's just yeah. very good matches, and they're super fucking bloated. Like, and they're not even bloated with crap. It's like, you get a lot of people using some of the modern era that are bloated with commercials and stupid segments, but those Concerts, are bloated with just, yeah. they give the guys a lot of, in-ring time and have a lot of matches so like the cards yeah. on paper again look good you're like oh 10 matches and these are the guys involved and like they're all getting 20 minutes to tell a story you think it's gonna be awesome and it's like it's no. like it's like they want to create the same show every time right. in that th- the same reactions happen the same sp- everybody sings the same songs like it's right. they, they, they they're so afraid of deviating from that yeah um which I mean, which is I, back to two thousand. I mean, you can't really say that about this because this is kind of a risky main event in terms of like, will it be good? Will it? The be whole bad year is risky. Term- like they, yeah. they don't have Austin, right? So they're kind of flying blind. They have Undertaker and a brand new gimmick for the first time in eight years after he's been very successful. Rock has been great, but he hasn't been a proven main event face at all until this year. You're banking no. on a new guy in Angle. You give him the world title less than a year into his run. You got Benoit main eventing a show. You have a love triangle angle that never works. Like you know what I mean? Like there was yeah. a lot of you risky got guys stuff dancing before the matches. Like <laughs> yes. it, it's all this weird shit that ends up getting yeah. over, right? Right. Like if you had told me in ninety in ninety nine, oh, the biggest act in two thousand is going to be a sumo wrestler and two wannabe rappers, right? Like I and they're over. It'd be a hard I mean, sell, but they were the. The you most look fully loaded. You know, we yeah. talk about fully loaded, like Rikishi Valvinas in the cage is great, you know? Yeah. Oh, now Undertaker's just straight up fighting Kane on the outside. <laughs> and it's tough because, like, you want to say, oh, Rikishi, like, you know, I kind of shit on it before that he was in the finals with Angle, but he was so over, it's hard to argue it. It's just also a tough pill to swallow when you are looking at, um, you know, when you're looking at the guys on the roster, right? Like, yeah. When you could it's have had a like finals of Benoit do... angle or Jericho angle or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's almost like they were trying to do too much with the rest of the card. 
Like that's one where the whole turn. Like, do they do the whole tournament on the card? I don't remember now. Uh, they do. Yeah, three rounds. They do eight, right? Yeah. And they actually had this was like the year they did like thirty-two. I think. Oh. Um, like on TV, they had like freaking three rounds. I think on TV. I don't mind that one. I I have no problem when they do. That. I love it. Like, yeah. Um, Kane has now turned on Rock and choke slammed him, and Triple H thinks he did it for him. I guess Triple H is used used to guys thinking they do it for him. doing it for the Rock. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the crowd is like even here. Like they're not hating Kane. Maybe winning, winning the title here. No. Well, I think the atmosphere is very much anything can happen. Yes. Right. Like, would it have been crazy if Kane won the belt there? He's still coming. He's still pretty hot. Well, and after SummerSlam '99. Like it, it wouldn't be insane when Foley won that belt out of nowhere. Like, right, and he's still over from the Xbox feud. Yeah, like yeah, he really is. And really, this ended. is a year. This is a year. Anything like, look, Taz shows up. Jericho wins the belt on Raw to get it turned back. Like, there's all kinds of weird yeah. shit happening the whole year. Undertaker just crushed Kane with a chair shot. Yeah, and now he's gonna choke slam Shane off the top rope. And I, I don't remember this bump. Table. Let's see it. It's gonna be sick. He's gonna fly. It's far. Oh fuck! Yeah, that was good. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> that was a good spot. Yeah. Crowd losing their shit. I did not. Jumped... Yeah, he jumped with him and yeah. like, guided him the whole way. Uh, this match has low key been good, man. I think That's it's a little good. underrated. Yeah. Uh, Vince, you the people's Vince. elbow now. Of course, he's about to eat shit. All right, Rock's definitely gonna jump. Oh up yeah, he's gonna get the up. shit. He's gonna rock bottom right in this area. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Here, it's finished right here. <laughs> yeah, Vince definitely remember him costing the match. Boom. Girl, look at that pop is awesome. Oh, uh, pop is insane. Yeah, that's that's a good finish. Yep. I liked it. Yeah, with Undertaker it. hurts yeah. himself. Like, and it made sense logically because the rest of the match, Undertaker, Kane, and Rock have been taking each other out slowly, right? And so yes. now that they've all kind of getting knocked off to the side. No, I like that ending a lot. It was a good match. It was you know, the show is like one of those ones you want to rebook so bad. And you don't even have to go crazy. You can use the exact card and just yeah. shuffle some stuff up. Yeah, you just you just be adding like a couple in theory a couple four star matches to the show. Correct. With using and the a same guys, less right? frustrating. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, let's look at our categories. Um, so match, match quality, quality. I'm gonna go. I think three and a half. Like so, a seven. Yeah. yeah. Good? So my my previous ranking from my last watch was three and a quarter. I, I'm going to bump it up three and a half. I, I got to give at least a half a star for that fucking Shane Taker bump. Which yeah, was that awesome. was awesome. And I like the story. It was a it was a unique story because we questioned like it being lopsided, but then we talked ourselves into it. Right? Like Vince would say, these guys, and, and it proved itself. They didn't get along. Undertaker cost no. Kane. He took him out with a chair shot. Like it just that he Vince made the fatal mistake. Much like Mr. Fuji, WrestleMania Five, <laughs> yeah. um, made the fatal mistake. Yeah, tagged himself in. Um, look for significance, though. I'm not sniffing a lot of significance out of this. This is Rock's what, like fourth or fifth title reign. Yeah, he has, this his... is his longest run. He has it until No Mercy, so it kicks off his like, if you want to say, his like signature reign. I guess this is it, um, where he is now the guy for the summer, carrying through the summer, and this summer. I will say this. I I think Loki this summer is their peak of how hot and mainstream accepted they were until like today. Like like I think modern yeah. era is kind of unprecedented in how accepted it is into culture outside of like 85, 86, right. 87. Um 
But this summer is when they're on MTV constantly. They're everyone is all over the place. You couldn't everywhere is WF upset. Like everywhere. You went with shirts, everyone was talking about like like it was it was in part of the cultural zeitgeist in two thousand. Like and this summer stretch to me, like everyone was coding the rock. It, like this was like the yeah. stretch where it was really, really red hot. Um and rock is on top for it, right? So like yeah. Um yeah, I, again, though, it's not going to weigh it too much. I'll go, th- I'm going to no. go three because I think it's the biggest. Oh, see, I went four. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll go four then. I'll, I'll go four. Yeah. I think it's the one of the biggest stars in history's signature run, and it's the hottest period that they have. It's crazy to me that this is a signature run. It's not even that long. Like him right. and Austin, both of them. I mean, Austin's longest run is in when he's a heel, right? Which is yeah. strange, right? Right. And that's pretty much um, the whole year. The moment, I think it was good. I'm going to go six on the moment. I, I like it was anything. Yeah, I like the choke slam counts for me because that's right in the finish. Um, yeah. Vince doing the people's elbow is funny because he should have just tried to cover him, right? He makes a makes a fatal flaw and tries to do the stupid people's elbow, and then it gets beat. Triple H yeah. diving in at the end, and the pop for Rock is is awesome. So it's massive. Yeah, yeah. I'll go I'm, I'm going to go six. Uh, build. It feels so like I diminishing it, returns. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to go four because my last score was five. Yeah. So I, I think with each one, I got to go down one. That's what I've done. I went seven, six, five. Um, I do think, it, it, again, this is around the period they do the life sucks and then you die, all the promos. <laughs> right. Um, so like a lot of that's in here, but I think I think five is still fair um, because now you're expanding a little bit with Taker and Kane. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Aftermath. I'm going to so, uh, go on to what everything you're talking, everything you're talking about in terms of that hot period. I think we, we fold it into here. Yeah. Right? Like, right. You get his signature it, run. You get the hot mainstream stuff. You get yeah. um, him and Benoit, which is good. A good feud. You get him involved in the triple H angle, love triangle. Yeah. You get the four way at unforgiven, which is good. So he's kind of a man without a feud. It's almost like ultimate warrior, like a rich man's ultimate warrior in 1990, where he has more better kind of, people to work with. Right, and he's pieces of other feuds, right? Instead of like, yeah, he, he's teaming with the LOD kind of guy, right? Like he's, I remember that I think there's some six mans on Raw where he's teaming with the Dudleys. Like he's not really in a feud with anyone. The Benoit feud yeah. is a little bit, but um, the rest he's not really in a feud. Even Angle, I don't think is much of a feud when he loses no, the belt. A, we'll talk about that. T- Angle gets a title match, yeah, yeah. So that's the only down part to me, but he makes it work so well because he's such a dominant presence. He's just. Wherever he touches is red hot, you know? He's everything a champion should be. Because yeah. I think if your champion is that hot, it's everything I want. It. No, but if, if your champion is that hot, you don't need the super strong storylines to support no. him. No. So you put the storylines elsewhere yeah. so the whole show feels more balanced. It's like those stretches of Hogan when he's just like fighting the random heel of the month on house shows, right? 84, whatever, yeah. 85, right? It's everything you want. He's everything you need. Yeah. So this is going to put this match. So we both gave a seven for that, right? Yeah. So it's a 57. I think it was obvious the change. Yeah. Um, that's it. But our significance is low. Uh, so it's not, it's, it's got a tie with a couple others, but it's going to be at the bottom of the others. So that gives us a total score of 57 points, which puts it one, only one spot ahead of, uh, which is surprising me, Big Show Triple H from Monday Night Raw earlier in the year. Mm. But it ties it with Shawn Michael Sid from the Survivor <laughs> Series and Bret Hart Diesel from the Survivor. That's Series. crazy. Um, yeah. yeah, I yeah. really, I really is thought it... this would finish lower though. Like that's still yep. nine. Uh, that's still twenty first all time. Um, twenty first out of fifty seven. Fifty seven. So 
It's almost top third, even. And and coming in, I was like, it's probably gonna be back half. Uh, no, but the match in the moment were way better than I think we remembered. The other thing too for the aftermath that we should call out. I don't know if it's gonna change the grade, but the next night is the Vince Grapefruits promo and coming home. The genetic oh, yeah, cameras yeah. coming home. Um, and it's also Sean introducing Foley is like kind of all the fallout from this match where Vince says, right. fuck it, I'm leaving. Um, Triple H is pissed at him and then Foley takes over as commissioner. So a lot kind of comes the next night off of this too. Yeah. I don't know if that's enough to move my score. No, up. no. Seven, seven encompasses it all. So. Yeah. I mean, it makes me glad I put it at seven <laughs> than yeah. anything else. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, really and- better than I thought too. I'd say overperformer. It's crazy. It's tied with Sean, Sid, and Brett Diesel. But to me, that just yeah. that means that those underperformed. To me, and Brett Diesel is a, is a. We'll close with what we opened with. Brett Diesel is a prime example of a match. If you sort our spreadsheet by match quality, it's a top yeah. three probably. But everything else wasn't quite there, right? So, the yeah. build, the crazy. aftermath, all that it's like missing from it. Well, that's how it goes sometimes. So uh, before we get out of here, though, should we uh, review our top 10? Yeah. I already kind of spoiled it earlier by telling the, uh, saying the number one. So if you're watching, um, you're going to get all spoiled at once when producer Tim yeah, throws a graphic. Oh! Yeah. So number 10, not, no change, sadly. but So this finished 57. Uh, the 10th best is the 71. So there's still a substantial difference between where this is in top 10. Uh, number 10, The Rock defeating Mankind, the Deadly Game Tournament, Survivor Series 98. Number nine, Randy Savage defeats Ric Flair at WrestleMania 8 with 72 points. Number eight, Mankind defeats The Rock uh, January 4th, 99, Monday Night Raw. Uh, that's tied points. with WrestleMania 8, but had the significance uh, tiebreaker. Uh, number seven, Steve Austin over The Rock at WrestleMania 15 at 73 points. Yeah. Uh, number six, Andre the Giant defeating Hulk Hogan, 75 points. The main event, 1988, February. Number five is Hulk Hogan's uh, win before that loss, and that is him defeating the Iron Sheik January of 84, 76 points. Number four, Ric Flair winning the Royal Rumble 1992, 78 points. Third place, Bret Hart over The Undertaker with 90 points at SummerSlam 97. Second place, WrestleMania 14, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeating Shawn Michaels, 93 points. And number one, Shawn Michaels over Bret Hart, Montreal, 94 points. And I think it's interesting when you look at like the eras that our top 10 proliferate it's it's the eras i think where there's a little bit of nostalgia but eras two of the title was really presented at a high level with strong characters like we have the couple yeah. from the 80s with hulk hogan andre the giant right then we have a couple from the early 90s macho man rick flair um and then it's all this era where like there's so much heightened importance on every week of tv Every pay-per-view, something can happen. And you have ginormous stars. If you look at what we got going on, it's Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, The Rock. Like, those are in Mankind. Those are the guys we have rippling all through our top ten. And they're the biggest stars of that decade um, and and of all time. So, like, it doesn't surprise me that we don't have any from the mid-90s from, you know, early early before pre-Hogan. Like, because it just wasn't the same level of importance and superstardom. No, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, like, maybe as we go, it'll it'll up a bit when we start to get into, like, the Cena edge or something like that. But it's really telling that our top three is all from, like, a nine-month period. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's crazy to me. Like, And the rest aren't far off. <laughs> like, most of no. that top ten is all within, like, a year of that. So, yeah. yeah. All right. I, yeah, there, there's no anomaly at all. Like, they're all in that. They're all in from the 80s. Like, nothing is past 98. Survivor's 98 at this point. 
All right, so we'll be back next Saturday uh, with a little something new for you. So stay tuned for that. Then we'll be back two weeks from today with No Mercy 2000 title change. That'll be Kurt Angle versus The Rock. So that's two that weeks from today. That one's got a chance. That one's got a chance. I think. That one and the next their rematch. Both, I think, oh, have yeah. some potential um, to make some noise. And the, and the one after that. Our next three may be our last chance for a while. Maybe those like, three will go yeah, right up to To that. make a little noise. To make a little noise. We'll see. All right. Uh, check it out with North South Connection video, audio, Duke's drop. We're out. We'll talk to you yeah, next week. Bye. Bye, Doug. So this dance for me.